Good morning, gorgeous. How are you doing this morning? I hope you're doing wonderful. Welcome to the Dr. Dav Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Dav. And yes, we are doing it. We are continuing the book, Fascinating Womanhood. I received so many messages and comments asking for me to continue this book. I did a couple polls and again, got an overwhelming yes, continue the book. So I'm really excited about that because this is one of my absolute favorite books and I'm happy to know that you're enjoying it just as much as I am. And for those of you who went out and purchased it, I know it was pretty expensive, but I think that you already kind of see the value in the book. So I'm glad that you're able to get it for yourselves, but don't worry. For those of you who don't have the book, I am going to do a lot more reading from the book than I normally do on my book clubs, knowing that you don't have the physical copy. So I'll definitely be taking a lot more of the meat from the book rather than my own commentary, especially because this is stuff that I have talked about so much already that it's not brand new information to you. I want to start by reading a comment that was shared on one of my reviews about the show because it really touched me and I wanted everyone to hear it. This is a review that was left on my show from a young lady named Kayla Kent and it reads, Dr. Daff is anointed by God. I have been listening to Dr. Daff since 2018. Dr. Daff, you have enhanced my life in so many ways. I am a 31-year-old woman who is currently in a relationship. And all the things my boyfriend says he loves about me has been taught by you. I watch literally everything you post because I know that I will gain fruitful knowledge, whether it's a vlog, a podcast, or your show, where you allow other women to share their stories. I also want to add that when I began listening to you, I was not a Christian. In fact, when you started posting more Christian-based content, I remember rolling my eyes because I was a spiritual girl. I still watch your videos, but I remember being annoyed whenever you would bring up Christian values. Woo! That demonic stronghold was real. But thank God for Jesus. I gave my life to him last April, and now I can't wait for you to post videos even more now than ever, because I know that you have an anointing on your life. God has used you in so many ways to check me, reassure me, and even comfort me. I will continue to watch and listen to every single thing that you put out until you and God decide your work is done. Thank you, Dr. Daff. I love you. And I can't wait for the next podcast. Oh, what a sweet message that just lifted up my heart. It just warmed me up all inside because it just reminded me about how important this work is and how much it actually means to those of you who watch and how much it really actually changes your life. Of course, when I first started this content, I got a lot of backlash from actually people in my personal life, not so much people on YouTube, which is interesting, um, telling me like, oh, you shouldn't talk about God. And, you know, people would rather just hear the content. And I would always say, absolutely not. I'm always going to talk about God because God is literally the reason I am doing this. If it wasn't for God, I would just be living my little life with my information and just enjoying my life. 
I would not feel the need to actually take this information and pour it into the lives of other people for free. That's not something that I would do on my own. That's something that God has asked me to do. And because I love him and I love you, I am doing it. And so knowing that people have actually given their life to God based on this work is the biggest blessing I could ever ask for. So thank you so much for sharing this with me and for all of you who leave me messages and comments and reviews. I read all of them. On Instagram, it's hard. Sometimes I don't see your messages and I'm so sorry for that. They make it really hard. Sometimes I miss a lot of messages and a lot of posts on Instagram, but I thank you so much. And whenever I do see them, I will always respond to you. I love you. I just wanted to start by saying how much I love and appreciate all of you. And I thank you for being here. But now that that's out of the way, yes, we're continuing Fascinating Womanhood. And today we're talking about how to accept your man for who he is. Mm, This is a really challenging topic. And this book, again, is a really challenging book. This book is about how the ideal woman awakens a man's deepest love and tenderness. It's all about you becoming that ideal woman for your husband, for your husband-to-be, and how you can get like the most intense, deepest, tenderest, (laughs) most tender love from your man. So a lot of concepts in this book require you to do a lot of reflection, healing, work to become that woman but it will bless you and your marriage in ways you can never, ever imagine. And I want to also say that I am so proud of you ladies who are willing to do this work, who are willing to hear this very difficult information and take a hard look at your relationship, at your marriage, because it does hurt. But what you're doing that you don't realize is you're breaking generational cycles. You're breaking generational curses and evil that have been implanted in your family line. If you come from a family where your mother wasn't married, where your mother was divorced, where all of your aunts and uncles are with like these horrible guys, or they were not married, and all these children in your family are born out of wedlock, you don't have people around you who truly are like happy, beautiful feminine women with husbands who genuinely adore them, then you are doing something so powerful right now by changing the dynamics of your behavior so it will follow your generations forever. And that is huge. Do not underestimate what you're doing right now by deciding to be different, by deciding to do something that's painful and may feel unnatural for the betterment of your bloodline. So I just wanted to make sure that you hear that and that you really know that what you're doing is powerful work and the enemy may try to get in your head and talk you out of it to continue the pain and heartbreak in your family bloodline. But I hope and pray that you do not allow that to happen and that you stick with this stuff. Stick with it, be excited about it, and I'll teach you things in the future that can help you to be more excited about this kind of thing and help you to kind of get your mind into the place where you're ready to really change. Okay, that was a long introduction. I know you want to get into it, so just go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with. We're talking today about how to accept your man for who he is. Let's talk about it.
She starts this chapter off talking about a community lecture where Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, who is an author, came and did a lecture. And at the time, there was a woman in the audience and she asked the question. And this is the question that she asked him. I have tried to make a good home, be a good mother and a devoted wife, but things have not worked out well. The trouble is my husband has not put forth equal effort to make our marriage successful. Then she reviewed his faults. Some of them were he neglects the children, he spends money on foolish things, he drinks, and he's difficult to live with. Her question to Dr. Peel was, after 25 years of marriage, is there any hope that he's going to change? And Dr. Peel answered firmly and a little impatiently. He said, don't you know that you should just accept a man at face value and not try to change him? Dr. Peel's advice was essential to a happy marriage and the foundation of fascinating womanhood. Therefore, if you want a happy marriage, accept your husband at face value and don't try to change him. So what does it mean to accept a man at face value? What does that mean? Acceptance means that you accept your husband for the man he is today with no changes. You realize that his conduct could be better and probably should be better, but this is his responsibility, not yours. You observe his weaknesses, but you count them as human frailties. You may not agree with his ideas, but you allow him the right to his own viewpoint. You may not fully approve of his interests, his dreams, or his lack of dreams, but allow him the freedom to pursue them as he will. In accepting him, you are accepting his right to be himself, for better or for worse. Acceptance does not mean tolerance, that you just put up with him, nor does it mean dishonesty, that you deceive yourself into thinking he's perfect when he is not. Nor is it a matter of resignation. Acceptance is a happy state of mind where you realize that your responsibility is not in making him over, but in appreciating him for the man that he is. Acceptance means you recognize him as a human being who, like yourself, is part virtue and part fault. This is an honest look. You realize that his faults exist, but focus on on his virtues. You accept the total man with all of his potential goodness and all of his human frailties. And she explains this visually by like you taking a piece of paper that has two sides. One side is really bright and one side is really dull. On the bright side, you write down all of his great attributes, everything that you love about him. And on the dull side, you write down the things that you don't like about him, the things that you want him to change. And then you fold the paper directly in half and you only look at the bright side. You know the dull side is there. You know it's there, but you're choosing not to look at it. Now, I want to start this chapter by saying that even though we're talking about accepting a man at face value and we're going to talk about the different things that women try to change about men, the one thing that I absolutely 100% do not want you to ever accept is abuse, whether that's physical, verbal, emotional, or sexual abuse. That should never be accepted. This goes for abuse towards you or abuse towards your children. Those are the two things that if you are experiencing those things, you need to find help and you need to quietly find a safe way 
to disconnect, to leave until he's able to fix those faults. That is the one thing that is absolutely unacceptable is any form of abuse. Okay, that is damaging to you and your children. Anything else we can work around, (laughs) but abuse is unacceptable. So she goes on to list some things that women try to change about men. These are just like the common things that most women find displeasing in men and want to change. Personal habits, like his eating habits, his table manners, neglecting his appearance, the way he spells, his grammar, his temper, his depressed moods, his untidiness, and of course, his lack of courtesy, smoking, drinking, swearing, that kind of thing. How they spend their time, like maybe they spend too much time watching TV or in the bathroom or sleeping or away from the house with their friends or at sporting events or at church, or they're involved in too many things and they're always in a hurry and they don't come home on time. They don't even call or text when they're going to be late. She also talks about their duties. So neglecting his home duties, like yard work, painting, fixing things, paying bills, church duties, following through with things, being undependable at his job and lazy and irresponsible. His social behavior, like bragging too much in public, talking too much, talking too little, being careless in his conversations, being crude or loud, not having social graces, not accepting your friends, and choosing friends that you don't accept. And then she also talks about his desires and dreams. So having no ambition, no zest for living, not having a desire to better himself, underestimating himself, lacking confidence, not being able to make up his mind, letting good opportunities go by, no imagination about getting ahead, dreams that are just too far out of reach or require too much work. These are things that women tend to want to control. Other things like his manly qualities, like he's not masculine enough, he's indecisive, he's too soft on the children, he worries too much about his past mistakes, he's not able to launch new ideas that he has, he won't exercise, money, not earning enough money, not managing money well, spending money on foolish things, being stingy with his money, spending too much without consulting you. His neglect of the children, like ignoring the children when they come home, not playing with them or taking them anywhere, not helping with their homework, not taking a part of their care, their training, complaining about normal noise that children make, and just having contention with little children. His religion, so maybe he won't attend church, he won't listen to religious ideas or not interested in religion. He will take the children out on fishing trips and amusement parks on Sundays instead of going to church. So these are different categories of things that women tend to have issues with with their husbands. So I want you to think about yourself. Are these some things that you notice that you struggle with in terms of your husband? Areas that you wish your husband would change in? And how does that make you feel when you think about these things? Are they highlighted every time you see him? When you think about him, does it just boil your blood? Do you feel like it's a reason for your life right now? The fact that he's not meeting certain standards, is that maybe why you're living in a place you don't want to live or struggling financially? Is it affecting you in other ways? Like, I'll give you an example. When I was younger, my father used to smoke and my sister had asthma. And so the smoking, just being in the environment, even though he didn't smoke in the house, 
it being in that environment caused my sister to have to use like the little machine that goes over your mouth and it blows. I don't know. I was too young to know what it was, but it was like this vapor machine that she would have to use. And it was all because of the smoke. So my mom was so angry all the time because she was like, why do we have to deal with this? And they got divorced. But when I was younger and I used to ask why they got divorced, I do remember that being one of the reasons was that he would not stop smoking. And that was causing my sister to get ill. So don't think that these are just like silly little things that you shouldn't care about because a lot of these things can actually be quite serious and impact everyone in the household. I do want you to keep that in mind that these things are serious depending on how they're developing. But she's going to talk about some of the reasons why we try to change our husbands. Then she's going to give us some examples of ways that we can help change things that do need to be changed. So I don't want you to listen thinking like, okay, all this stuff should just be accepted and tolerated and just just live with it, just deal with it and smile. That is not the point. (laughs) And we're going to talk about that because some of these things are serious, but some of them are not very serious and you really can just smile and get over it. Okay, he's fat. He's fat. But if him being fat, him being overweight is causing issues with you being able to conceive and the doctor is saying that he needs to lose weight or else his sperm is not going to be strong or whatever the doctor says, then here we go. There's another layer. So that's what I want you to keep in mind, that some of these things are layered, but some of them are not. If you're done having children and he decides that he just wants to be overweight, how serious is that? Why do you try to change him? When you think about the things that you don't like in your husband, what are the reasons that you want him to change when you really think about it? What's the driving force behind it? Well, one of the driving forces could be for your own good. You may try to change your husband because his faults get on your nerves. They deprive you in some ways of things that you want, things that you deserve. You may try to change your husband because his faults really just get on your nerves or they deprive you in some way. Like if he changed these things, your life would just be happier. You would have a better life. Or is it for his own good? Maybe you care about him. You're like, girl, this is not about me. I just want him to be happy. I want him to be successful. I want him to get the best out of life. So you set out to change him for his own good. But are you responsible for making your husband into the man that he should be? Is that your job? If a man is blind to his faults and this blindness causes him to get into difficulty or to fail to reach success, should you wake him up? The answer to that is yes. You're his wife. You should wake him up. (laughs) You should wake him up. There's a way to wake him up though, but you should. But once he realizes his faults, then he gets to choose as to whether or not he's going to continue down that road. And once he decides, then you then need to back down and choose to accept him and accept his choice. It's not your duty to push him to success. But you might say, my husband's faults are robbing him of his happiness. I must change him so that he can be happy. And this seems like a positive thing, right? So why not? But she's going to go into explaining why you should not try to change him. 
So let's talk a little bit about some of the reasons why you don't want to try to change him. One of the reasons is that it creates discord. It literally creates problems in your relationship, in your marriage, when you try to change him. You're going to start causing friction. As soon as he starts to feel like you are trying to change him, he's going to resist. It's natural for men to do that. So even though you carefully word your suggestion, he's probably going to respond with resistance, with resentment, and maybe even anger. If you pressure him to change, then you can awaken the monster in him and enrage his feelings. And this can lead to conflict and serious arguments. In turn, you may respond with frustration and even tears, asking yourself, what did I do wrong? Why did my husband react so violently? Children also suffer when they sense discord between their parents. So it's not just you, but when you start doing this, it's going to affect your whole household. Your children are going to be able to see that their dad is upset, that you're upset. There's going to be this tension in the air. And it is really hard on children because they're completely innocent. They have no say in what goes on between the two of you, but your relationship impacts every single part of their day and they may not want to even be in the home. I think it's the saddest thing when I am in a home and I see the parents fighting or arguing and you can just see the children and how their faces change and how they try to pretend like they don't hear it and how they just have to deal with it. So whenever you're doing this, just remember that it's not just about you. Your children also suffer when you are acting impulsively. This is something you really have to think through before you start to implement it. What is actually going to transpire after you start bringing up his faults? A man expects his wife to be the one secure haven for him. So when he realizes that you're dissatisfied with him or you're not unhappy with the man that, you know, he is, that maybe you think that you marry the wrong guy or, you know, he just doesn't measure up. This threatens his feeling of security, just as you would feel insecure if he didn't love you. This could unhinge him and destroy any hope and incentive for him to actually strive. You deflate him. And sometimes you can just see how a man can go from being like in good spirits to being completely deflated where he just looks like you took all of the, the air out of him. And this can affect his drive. It can affect his willingness to push for more in life. And he may just think that overall, he's just not good enough because the one person who means the most to him doesn't think that he's enough. And when you think about the whole picture, isn't love and harmony and marriage of greater value? Like, isn't you having love in the home and having harmony in the home more important than him being perfect? Any attempt to change your husband can dampen his feelings towards you. Just remember that. Even implying something, implying that he doesn't measure up to your standards can cool his attitude towards you. And he might even avoid the situation completely by just spending time out of the home and with his friends and pursuing other things because he does not want to deal with you making him feel like he's not enough. Not only can his love be cooled, in some cases it can be destroyed. When a wife doesn't give her husband the freedom to be himself, when she's constantly pushing him and nettling him to change, it can cause destruction of a happy marriage. So she tells a story of um, this man who was a famous novelist. And he wrote two masterpieces. One is called War and Peace and the other is called Anna Karenina. His name is Tolstoy. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have not. (laughs) But his name is Leo Tolstoy. 
So he was very admired by all the people and they even followed him around. Like people literally follow him around day and night and write down everything that he said. That's how admired he was. And he was a man of great wealth and fame. But after he started studying the teachings of Jesus and other moralists, he gave his property away. And he worked in the fields, chopping wood, pitching hay, and made his own shoes. He ate out of a wooden bowl, and he tried to love his enemies. So he was just trying to follow the practices of Jesus and become a different kind of man. He also gave away all the publishing rights to his books, and he had the courage to live the life that he now believed in. And this is a big one, ladies. When you meet a man who actually ends up becoming saved after he's with you, This man is going to really change because once anyone encounters Jesus for real, you cannot stay the same. It's impossible. So if you are with a man who's not yet saved and you're also not saved, just know that if he meets Jesus, he is going to change drastically. And this can affect all areas of your life. So what happens in the story is that his view of life began changing from luxury to peasantry. And then their marriage ended up changing. She could not accept his simple, barren way of life. She loved luxury and he despised it. She craved fame and the esteem of society, but these things meant nothing to him. She longed for money and riches, but he thought that these things were a sin. When he resisted her and went his own way, she screamed at him. She threw herself into fits and hysteria, and she even threatened to kill herself or jump down the well. This was her way of pressuring him to change. After 48 years, this man who adored his wife when he first married her could hardly bear the sight of her. She was then heartbroken and old and starving for affection. She kneeled at her husband's feet and begged him to read the old love letters that he had written to her in his diary 50 years ago. As he read of these beautiful happy days, that were now gone forever, both of them wept. And his dying request was that she should never be permitted to come into his presence again. Now, in this situation, she was not all to blame. Okay, Her husband could have considered her feelings more and made concessions. He could have met her halfway. But think about how noble it would have been for her to have accepted his new way of living. Let him have the freedom to experiment with his ideas and test their value. He would have loved her even more than he did in the beginning. She would have lost nothing of any real value, but gained everything worth having. Ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you, Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a fragrance line with a promise. It is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. We launched our first fragrance, 2911, after the scripture, Jeremiah 29:11, which talks about the plans God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, deep, 
mysterious, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature scent for you. We also have our Faith Collection, which introduces two beautiful fragrances that are unique and memorable, Silent Storm and Mustard Seed. Mustard Seed is a fresh, delicate, and bright aquatic floral fragrance, and it's reminiscent of a warm beach on a tropical sea. Silent Storm is a decadent gourmand fragrance that portrays youthful femininity. Silent Storm is rich, smooth, and refined. Visit the website www.fineforever.com. You can use the code Dr. Daff for 20% off of your fragrance. Thank you so much for your love, your kindness, and your support. Now, back to our episode. Pressuring a man to change can bring out a streak of rebellion in him. This is due to his efforts to preserve his freedom to be himself. And so she says, for example, her son sometimes tells her, mom, don't tell me to do it or else I won't do it. This shows how men feel about their precious freedom and how they will sometimes reject the very thing that they want rather than be pressed into it. Then she tells a really funny story, which... (laughs) I love this story about this woman whose husband, she's trying to like get into her church. She wants him to be whatever religion that she is. Instead of just like allowing him to explore it, she finds a way to try to trick him into hearing more about it because every time she would talk to him about it day and night, he didn't want to hear it. And she just felt like, okay, maybe it needs to come from someone else. So she decided to secretly arrange for the people from the church to come to the house during dinner. So she made this beautiful dinner. And then she, all of a sudden, here's a doorbell ring. And here come the people from the church. And she brings them in. And her husband's trying to be this, you know, respectful guy. And she's like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice if they explain a little bit about the church? And he's like, okay, sure, because he's being respectful. But as the missionaries started assembling their materials and all their pictures, her husband felt trapped. So he excused himself to go to the bathroom and they climbed out of the bathroom window and disappeared. So she became desperate looking for her husband. She could not find him. He was gone for three days. And after an extensive search, he was found and he said that he had no intention of returning home. But he was persuaded because his wife told him that she would never mention religion again. So then he went back home (laughs) and she kept her promise. But what ended up happening was that the husband became acquainted with the men who found him from the church. And he confessed that he actually really wanted to learn more about the religion. He just didn't want to hear it from her. So secretly, he learned about her religion, he converted, and he actually became a member of the church, and he did not tell his wife. And what ended up happening is one Sunday, the pastor went ahead and read out the new members and told them to stand up, and he ended up standing up. And his wife was so surprised, and she's just burst into tears because, you know, she couldn't believe it. But that just goes to show how men need their own sense of freedom, of autonomy, of thinking. 
and they don't want you pressuring them into things and finding little sneaky ways to get them to do things that you want them to do. They need to feel like it's their idea, their decision. And if they don't want to hear it, you need to be respectful and stop, especially when it comes to religious freedom, because that is something I talk about this all the time that God himself does not pressure you to do. So no one should pressure you to do that, especially not your spouse. Another area that women tend to pressure their husbands with is the area of health. Health is important. I mean, we all know that health is really serious, but this is also an area that people can get very touchy about because you want to, again, have the freedom to decide what you want to eat, how much you want to eat, when you want to eat without someone breathing down your neck and disapproving of your choices. That's how you end up hiding Snickers and cheese and all this stuff under your bed and in your closet and at your job and in your car because you don't want to be judged. So she talks about a woman who was trying to reform the eating habits of her husband and not just eating habits, but like having him take more baths and take better care of his appearance. But she was very radical about health foods. And he had come from a home that nutrition was not that important. So it was irritating to him to be deprived of certain foods that he was used to. And her infringing on his freedom provoked him to eat more junk food when he was away from the house, just like I said. He also began drinking and smoking, okay? He's also like obviously trying to relieve some tension and escape. So it added to the poor eating habits. Her suggestions were toward health. So his rebellion was against health, almost ruining his once strong body. And then she tells an opposite story of a young woman. And this young woman was also devoted to eating really healthy. And she also married a man who was not interested in in his nutrition, He had been brought up on pies and cakes and jams and candy and white bread. So after they married, she sweetly, keyword, sweetly said to him, honey, I know that you've been used to eating a different way than I eat, but do you mind if I prepare for myself the foods that I want and then I'll do the same for you? And he agreed. And so she prepared two separate meals for months. After a while, he adopted her good eating habits and was even preaching their value to his family. Men are usually wise enough to want what's best for them, but they don't want to be pushed. And then lastly, she talks about the fact that, girl, it just doesn't work. When you try to force a man to change, it just doesn't work. Especially a masculine man, it doesn't work. You might as well give up trying to improve your husband because it doesn't work. Hence, Carefully worded suggestions or even pressure will not change him. Now, sometimes a man will change. Something that you've been pressuring about, all of a sudden you'll see a change. And some women will try to claim credit that their husband improved, that they pressured him and he finally did it. But don't let this deceive you. Very rarely do they ever change because of the pressure. If he did change, it wasn't because of her. There was another motivation that she does not know about. Maybe someone talked him into it. Maybe he heard it on a podcast. Maybe one of his athletes that he really likes talked about it. He heard it somewhere else. Something else motivated him to do it, not her. And that is something a lot of women do not realize. It's not you. There's something else that you do not know about. 
Or he could have taken a class that opened his eyes or read something inspiring. It could have just been an insight, a flash that prompted him to see things the right way. So yes, he changed, but he probably would have changed a lot sooner without that extra push. And I'll also add to this that one thing that you can do in terms of a man changing in a way where you're not the one breathing down his neck is to pray for him. (laughs) Let me tell you, prayer is so powerful. When you're in that state of realizing that your husband's not perfect and neither are you, but you know that there are certain things that he's really struggling with, taking your request to God and humbly Asking God to help your husband in these areas will do wonders. God will allow the right people, the right circumstances. He'll allow someone that he respects to say something on a podcast. He'll allow something to show up and that supernatural intervention will happen where your husband will all of a sudden be like, you know what? I think I want to start adding more fruit to my diet. Do you think you can make me a protein shake in the morning? And you'll be like, what? Where did this come from? Thank you, Jesus. But that's how things work, especially when you're actually married. Because when you're married, then you have that that union, that spiritual union. So God is going to take those requests a lot more seriously. The two become one. So it's so important that if you're married, instead of wasting time, just shoving things down his throat, try talking to God about it. Try fasting for him you will see a drastic difference in just the way he sees something after you've been praying for it. And it may not happen overnight. It's a it's a long process sometimes, depending on what it is. But in this chapter, it's a very long chapter. We're breaking it up. She is going to talk about certain habits that really do require you to say something and how to say it. It's not everything that you just want to just sit back and let him do. There are things that some men do that do need a change. They are unacceptable. And she will talk about how to deal with those things specifically. The areas that we talked about today, like the eating and the religion, those things are the things that people nag about the most. And those are the things that really do require you to take a step back, figure out what the best way to do it is and pray about it and not pressure or deceive him or think that you're going to get one up on him by, you know, orchestrating different things to happen because that's when you're going to see marriage problems. That's when he's going to just completely lose interest towards you and see you as a mommy or see you as an enemy or see you as someone that he is not able to make happy. And then he doesn't have the motivation to be your knight in shining armor, right? So I hope that this was interesting to you. I hope that this helps you to, you know, kind of see what happens when you try to change a man, help you reflect on why you're maybe wanting to change him. If it's really for him, if it's really for you, learning how to accept him for who he is. And we're going to go deep. We're going to talk about all these things in much, much, much more detail. But this is something for you to chew on and to think about, because if you are married, just know that, you know, these things are tough. They are tough. And it's going to take lots of prayer and self-reflection to really start to change your marriage with the things that you can control. 
I thank you so much for taking time to be here with me today and listen to this podcast. I love you so much. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and also visit my YouTube channel. And if you love, 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 love fragrance, then visit findforever.com and smell incredible. Until next time, remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.